Julie Bindle had a book out just before we uh, sort of finished our previous series, but we didn't get time to talk about it then, so we are going to discuss it now. And in Straight Expectations, she tracks the changes in the gay community over the last 40 years and asks whether fighting for the right to marry has achieved genuine progress or whether new legal rights have neutered a once radical social movement. Well, hi, Julie, and thanks for, for coming onto the show. My pleasure. Um, so tell us a little bit about where, because obviously you've done a lot of research and interviewed a lot of people, also talked to scientists about whether we have a gay gene and, and all kinds of activists and, and religious figures and politicians and people. Where did the idea, the germ of the idea for this book start from? Well, I've been an out lesbian since... Can I just get you ever so slightly close to your mic? Thanks, I've been you. an out lesbian since um, 1977. And, wow. you know, that was <laughs> not my choice. I was 15. I was at yes. school in the northeast of England and it was kind of bullied out of me. I was either going to be named a lesbian or a slag and I chose lesbian. Right. Uh, and I've never looked back, I have to say. <laughs> um, so I suppose the germ of the idea came after the radical edge of the gay liberation movement, which was pretty much done by about the mid-80s, yeah. uh -huh. started to fizzle out. And so I was there through, you know, as a young person, as a teenager, in what was then the Campaign for Homosexual Equality. Oh, yes. I missed the Gay Liberation Front, which was that, 1970 onwards. Yes, that was all sort of through the 70s, wasn't exactly. it? Yes. And and the first was, gay prides in the very early 70s. Yes, and, and, so and they were kind of counterculture, mm -hmm. middle-class hippies in a way that yeah. came, you know, to this through a different direction from me. But, you know, I was there when the radical feminism was really at its height yeah. um, and that was indivisible from lesbianism, from taking pride in rejecting heterosexuality and patriarchy and the like. Yes. And then, of course, through the 1980s when we had the politics of equality where we were told that really we just wanted the same as them. Mm. So people stopped saying, actually, do you know what? We don't want to... We don't want to join the status quo. We think there's something inherently wrong with the way that heterosexual uh, relationships um, are structured. We think that there's mm. something very wrong about the way that many women, straight women, live um, under patriarchy. Mm. Uh, we started to ask for a seat at the table rather than just saying that is inherently rotten. So you're, ta you're talking about changing society and, and sort of achieving liberation as opposed to just assimilation. Yes. I mean, the early, blending in with things as they are. Exactly. The early gay liberationists were very clear that anti-gay bigotry um, really stemmed from the sexism that women face. So, in other words, femininity was rubbish. Yeah. Um, it was rubbish to be seen as a sissy because that was too much like girls and women. And so the machismo of the gay male movement mm. grew up in response to that, oh. by which time we really had lost any kind of friendly, well, any pro-feminist gay male movement because they all went off growing their moustaches, <laughs> ironing their check shirts yeah. uh, and getting into the village people vibe. And, and it became much more divided community then? Oh, yes. I mean, we interestingly, we became very divided when feminism 
um, got hold of more of the lesbians than the gay movement because the women in the gay liberation movement pretty much walked out en masse in the 70s because mm. they were expected to make the tea and sit and listen to the sexism <laughs> of the gay men. Right, OK. And so what happened then, of course, in the mid-80s when we're trolling along, you know, asking for acceptance and to be the same as the straight people, was Section 28. Which really kind of united people again, didn't it? Because we had yeah. a common cause to... To fight against. Mm. Well, for the first time, lesbians and gay men were targeted by the same legislation. This had never yes. happened before. No, because, of course, you've had things like sort of AIDS campaigns before, mm-hmm. which uh, in your book you talk about sort of lesbians trying to jump onto the bandwagon for that, but it kind of being a bit ridiculous because, oh, of course, our risks were far less. Of course, and in fact, you know, rightly so and understandably, many lesbians at the time, and of course straight women, um, supported gay men. Um, around the age, not just because oh, yes, they were losing uh, their friends, of course. But we, you know, I mean, the the, the hideous bigotry from the Thatcher government mm. um, and from wider society um, could not have been plainer than during the days when the AIDS pandemic, you know, really um, came to be. And of course, it it matched perfectly the time that Thatcher's government decided to legislate um, with Section Twenty Eight, which, for those younger listeners, um, said that. Oh, well, of course, yes. People might not know what what we even mean. Well, I yeah. mean, many of my age might not even know if, <laughs> you know if they haven't really taken note of politics. But I'm sure everybody does. It was um, a pernicious piece of legislation that um, would prevent teachers, anyone working in schools and education, from speaking about gay relationships or even yeah. a gay identity in any positive way. They could only talk about it in a negative way. Mm. So there were big campaigns that united gay men and lesbians. Then there was the the AIDS crisis mm. um, and we became lesbian and gay, all one word. Mm. And, you know, I question in the book whether or not that meant that for lesbians, who of course have sexism, because we're women, of course, yes. um, got very much out of that alliance once we had fought the battles of Section 28 um, and once the AIDS pandemic began to be dealt with in a more human way. Mm. I mean, it's difficult, though, isn't it? Because to some extent, there's a strength in being united rather than being too divided. Surely we're going to achieve more progress if we can um, work together. That's the theory. And, of course, (laughs) in many ways, it's true. You know, I definitely would... um, support my gay male friends if if they were facing prejudice and bigotry I would expect them to do the same there are times when we stand united and absolutely rightly so the problem with these kind of generic identities such as the LGBTQQI acronym um, yes which, which gets longer and longer it gets longer and longer and when somebody says to me oh we're both LGBT I always think what an amazing feat you're a lesbian you're gay you're bisexual <laughs> you're all and you're transgender all of those but the problem with that and well, also with... Well, maybe some people might feel that they do are fluid between different well, then, I- identities, you know, I guess. Good luck to them. But I think <laughs> we know how it's meant. It's just yeah, a kind of catch-all yeah, yeah. face. Yeah. And I think the problem with that and the problem with the queer label is it, it takes away the gender... Um, identity for for women who are fighting sexism as well. Now I'd love but to see an end to some, those labels. In some, I, I, well, I I know. Although I think we still kind of need them, don't we? As long as you know to monitor sexism, sort of heteronormative and, yes. kind of um, privilege. Um, but in some ways, I quite like queer taking the gender out of it. I mean, in, in some ways, isn't that empowering? Um, mm, I think that many women and men find it empowering, and I think. You know, any kind of language that's reclaimed from the bigots 
you can always have fun with it. And I don't particularly have a problem with that. The issue for me is that if we're told, if young um, lesbians, for example, are growing up without a sense of history and without a sense of feminism, that we're all just queer together, Mm. then how on earth do they challenge the inherent sexism, which they will face because we haven't dealt with sexism Mm. adequately yet, within the gay movement or out of it? Mm. How will they then cope with that if they don't have a sense of their own identity as women as well as this queer, we're just not heterosexual? And in fact, let's face it, many heterosexuals are included in the queer label too. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget there's also all kinds of other issues as well like there are lots of people within our community who are black who who are disabled and you know there's other kinds of prejudices yeah we don't all have the same experience although i i do think it's better we are better united and i think that when we make split hair divisions around identity politics gone crazy yeah then i think we 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 tend to lose the plot yes but um but yeah i suppose in the book what i'm what i'm saying is that you know we've lost a sense of the the radical edge we've gone from the picket line to the picket fence there's nothing yeah. wrong with having babies being married doing that whole white wedding thing but what we've got to understand is that this is not the pinnacle of our liberation it was mm. given to us by a tory government yes. and that is no mistake and no coincidence mm. Mm. it's a very conservative thing to do and that's absolutely fine it's promoting it. family values isn't it you know? well it is and that means that for once for the first time ever and this is quite exciting in a way we have a division between good gays and bad gays we all used to be bad, didn't we? <laughs> well, yes, and in, in some ways maybe we were more united. You know, is there going yes. to be now a hierarchy? Are, are those of us who are not married going to sort of have relatives pestering us and saying, well, when are you going to get That's married? That's already happening for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it used to be great. I used to think, oh, at least I'm not going to be asked when I'm getting married and when I'm having babies. I have to say, though, I propose your discussion about the play. Yes. Um, what I find now is the dividing line in the circles I move in, so more left-wing than than other, yeah. is that I am marked out as different and lacking, wanting in some way, for not having children rather than being a lesbian. That now is the dividing line amongst the left libertarian or liberal intelligentsia. Mm. It's more damning, it's more... I feel more... Yeah, I um, think there's there's been a lot in the press lately about still women who don't have children are definitely thought of as inferior. Yeah, I'm more stigmatised for that. Yeah, and and people don't understand it. There's still a lot of a lot of conversation about that, right? Um, and that may, I guess, that may may increase. Yeah. Um, so, Laura, I mean, you're you're um, got a bit of a, a younger sort of perspective <laughs> than than me and me and Julie here. I mean, I don't know. Do you do you get a sense that um, it is easier to come out and be gay? Have you felt that empowered by things like gay marriage legislation, or do you feel it makes no difference to how you go about walking down the street with your girlfriend or? Um, I think I would say coming out is definitely easier and I'm very grateful to those people who have done it before and made it a lot easier for me to come out. Mm. Um, In terms of questions of marriage, families, I find it personally a very difficult Mm. issue. I think a a lot of people do. There's still that... There's still that pressure to conform to the heteronormative society whereas mm. i as if as that, Ju- that's as Julie what says, we should want yeah exactly whereas, should it be yes, as julie yeah. says that that radical sense yes. is missing and i even though i haven't experienced it i i sort of wish it were still going on i quite i like you know yeah 
being my gay identity. I don't. Yes, yeah, so I, that I used sort of to, I, struggle I, between. Yeah. All the pressure to conform, and actually, no, I'm quite happy where I am. Thanks. <laughs> well, I, I've um, talked a lot in my in my show about the '90s, um, sort of how just about being a lesbian and being gay still felt like something a bit exotic mm. and exciting. Mm. And you know, you'd go to the the lesbian bar, and someone would go, "Do you know what kind of place this is?" And you'd be like, <laughs> "Yes, I do." <laughs> and it would be really exciting. Whereas yeah. now, you just kind of go to a, a straight pub and just hang out there mm. and. Um, and, you know, loads of gay venues have gone out of business, which were really cool businesses and cool mm. places. So, but yes, then there I have are, conflicted feelings. There are people, like I said, there are people who have fought long and hard for this. So yeah, you don't, yeah. you know, and they, it, for them, it's really important. And to have your relationships recognised, I think, is really important. But then there's a question of saying, well, make everything a civil partnership and not divide along the lines of marriage versus civil partnership mm-hmm. and just make everybody equal. I agree. Well, I, I um, thought that's that. Equality. I, yeah, I thought exactly, that, certainly. Then, but so, some people who who are um, civil partner desperately want to get married. Want I mean, to change it. Yeah, you exactly know, someone like um, the writer Stella Duffy and mm-hmm. her partner Shelley Silas. You know, Stella was mm-hmm. involved with a panel debate uh, you did, Julie, um, just before the summer, and um, you know, she talks mm. very openly about how much they want to change their civil partnership yes. to a full marriage. And good luck to them. I know them both, and I love them both. And I think that it's appalling that this wasn't allowed and that this was discrimination and were we talking about Jews who can have a civil partnership, not marriage we would uh, very easily, straightforwardly class that as anti-Semitism and so of course it was bigotry and prejudice that led that inequality or that meant that that was um, the way it was but many of us haven't fought for the rights to Mm. marry which many feminists have um, a critical view of we fought to change things in a more radical way so that we didn't have this appalling situation for women in marriage that we did that we really could challenge more men's behavior in relationships men's violence to women and i don't think that this has this marks our liberation mm. there's still horrendous anti-lesbianism which is, yes. you know, motivated oh, as Jane Shazelska calls it, lesbophobia. Yes, and, and I would I would call it, you know, misogyny. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that all women are affected by how lesbians are treated and viewed. I don't think that lesbians and gays being married have queered, you know, have have. Um, well, we ha- somehow no, we radicalised re- marriage. We haven't reinvented marriage. It's, I, I think you talk about in the book how we've sort of adopted it wholesale, really, yeah. good good and bad. Well, and we've I, been straightened out by it. We haven't queered I mean, it. We've been straightened I'm out by it. I'm horrified by, you know, I've been to... I went to one of my friends, um, had a lesbian hen night, and I thought, why do we even want this? Well, this yeah, is terrible. Which one went to the spa and which one well, went to play poker? Well, I I just went along to my my friends, you know. I mean, I knew her girlfriend as well, but my friend who had been my friend for a long time, I got invited to her hen night, and I think her girlfriend had a separate one, which all just seems ridiculous because lots of us knew both of them. So I don't know if we were supposed to choose which was our best friend that we went on the hen night with. But she had some straight friends who were dressing her up in all kinds of weird fake penises mm. and things, and I thought, well, that doesn't make sense. I always feel <laughs> quite glad that you can escape all the. All those traditions yeah. that not anymore. And no, actually, you can't. Well, now you can't. Exactly. Now we're now trapped the, by them. The well, they put so heterosexual people who are still uncomfortable with us because I, I unfortunately think the majority are, if they look beyond 
the marriage thing, they set their markers down. When you say to them, well, I'm a lesbian, I don't have a boyfriend or a husband, they'll say, and are you married? They instantly latch on to something that is familiar territory for them. Mm. So they don't have to deal with the fact that what we're saying is we reject heterosexuality. All right, most of us don't do that consciously or politically in any way, but that's ultimately what we're doing. We've become so safe that nobody heterosexual ever needs to think about why there are others that are not like them anymore, because we are like them. To all intents and purposes, that's exactly what we're like. And in fact, I went to a wedding, a family heterosexual wedding at the weekend, and as I was listening to the speeches and watching the first dance and all of that, it occurred to me I've been to two lesbian weddings since 19... since 2006, and they were more traditional even ah. than the one that I went to at the weekend. You're right. In what in what sense? What what were they doing? Oh, they White did the speeches and... that you know in one uh, lesbian wedding, the more feminine in a stereotypical way right. uh, of the, the couple. The bride was yes. given away. Oh, right, um, okay. I mean, it was all uh, of that. Yeah. And I think, surely, you know, we have suffered enough <laughs> <laughs> to now not have to go through what they have imposed upon us. Yeah. Is there not a better way? Was she given away by her father, by a man? She was given away by a male friend, I think because her parents are estranged. And, you know, each to their own. But Mm. we can't pretend that that's not aping something that has caused all our problems in the past, which is that traditional heterosexuality. We need to shift it and change it and challenge it and not just replicate it. I mean, do you think there are there surely are some um, younger activists and, and younger feminists who are asking these questions? And, and you know, feminism has seen quite a, a new wave coming through again, hasn't mm. it? Um, there are indeed. And what's interesting, if you if you look at heterosexual feminists who are the more radical um, ones yeah. and compare them to some of the less radical lesbians, yeah. the less radical lesbians are asking no questions. They're asking mm. no questions at all. They're, they're, I mean, I would rather come out in today's world than I did in the 70s mm. without any question. Mm. But some young lesbians, and I know I sound like an old auntie, you know, these young women, but some <laughs> are just not even thinking about things because what they've been told is that we have reached the nirvana of equality and of liberation because we can now get married. And that's not all there is to it. Mm. There are still lesbian asylum seekers being deported back to countries where they face certain death. We have the most appalling situation um, with anti-lesbianism and bigotry towards gay men here in this country. But looking just over the the water, you know, it's awful. And there's plenty more to do and we can't just cosy up to the Tories because they allowed us to get married. Mm. I mean, to some extent, is it even quite a a sort of Western construct to really look at the idea of of being gay and being gay as as an identity in that sense anyway? Well, I suppose so, but you know, I, I do believe that it's important to hang on to an identity that marks you um, as different from mm. the status quo. But a lot of people, I mean, I, I agree with you and I have been, I celebrate my difference, as I think Laura was kind of saying as well, yeah. but a lot of people do seem to want this idea of a bit of similarity. 
They do, and and I think that that's absolutely fine, and it's not affecting me at all. If people want to go to IKEA on a Saturday and fall <laughs> out and sob in the car park, <laughs> they have the right to do that, just like the straight people do. Because it's that's a great life. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, exactly. You sold it. You sold Let's it. Face to it, us. we've all been there. Yeah, but that can give the impression that our job is done and that the fight is over. And what worries me is that we have yet no out um, major sports play, active sports mm. players. We have very few out lesbians um, who are out and proud in this country. We have very few good role models. Every time a young person comes out, it's difficult. There's no such thing mm. um, as well, an easy coming out, even today. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, all of these new young people who've come out, Tom Daly and co, have, have been very careful they're to very point vague. out that they're still, they're still attracted yeah. to this, the mm. opposite sex yeah. as well. I did yeah. that when I came out because the lesbian was such a horrible word at the time because of how it was received. Um, and I thought that I would get less hassle for saying I was bisexual. Not, of course, suggesting that that's what Tom Daly has done. No. But you find that many lesbians who come out here in the public eye get very, very badly punished for being out and proud about it. Look what happened to Cynthia Nixon. Yes, When she said, you know, I've been straight and I've been gay and I much prefer gay. She was pilloried. She was bullied by some gay men who said, how dare you were born that way? What do you mean you can choose it? Where's the lesbian pride gone? Where's the pride gone that women can define our own sexuality uh, and not have to be concerned about apologising for it? Mm -hmm. So I think what's happened with this whole marriage shtick is that many particularly younger people in our community have the false impression that our job is done and that bigotry has gone away and it hasn't and I think that's a dangerous state of mind to be in bearing in mind what's going on in Russia and mm. oh, um, yes. what's going on on our doorstep right now. Yeah I was just about to say that legislation I think you talk about this as well legislation doesn't mean anything even though it's the law people no. It, it can't change the way that people think. think. Just no, because, you, yeah, well, just because almost, you can get married um, doesn't it, mean that people think that you should. Yeah, no, it almost um, sometimes it new legislation a, um, has a backlash, doesn't it? Where actually yeah. it brings out more homophobia. We saw all these arguments about, oh, gay people are just like animals and it's just like bestiality, you know. We didn't Which we? was handy, actually, because <laughs> that debate, much as I'm not a fan of marriage... Be- Simply because I'm a feminist, it not was, because I don't believe in equality. But some of the bigotry that came out of it was so depressing. That the Commons debate—I don't know—there were a couple of us at work watching it. Well, we should we should have been working, but we could not. We couldn't not <laughs> well, watch it. Tells it tells us, doesn't it? And what it was so yeah, it was so depressing seeing these men one after the other stand up mm. and just say this is wrong, this is disgusting, this is sick. We can't do this. And we have know. a problem with every major religion. We have a problem with the church. We have a problem with every single mm. religion um, with bigotry, and we need to tackle that before we can be complacent and spend too much time in Ikea, we do need to think, what do we need to do to make sure that we don't have the kind of situation um, that we had with Ian Banyan, um, for example. Of course, in you know, and, and lots, and lots of ago, lesbians terrible. who were punishment raped in this country, not just in mm, South Africa. Mm, mm. I think because it's legislation makes it easy to do something, you know, it's, it's, it's okay, it's right, you just sign up. Whereas going back to the play, something like having a child, you actually, you have to think, there's much more that's involved. You actually have to think about it, make all these choices. Whereas to get married, you know, it's, it's really easy. It's a piece of paper, essentially. There's less of an analysis, analysis that goes into it. You're like, okay, I can do this. It's not going to take, it's not that complicated. Yes. Um, you know, people can't say no mm-hmm. now. 
Mm. So you don't you don't question whether it's right either for you or in general because mm. it's easier to do it. Mm. And everyone else is doing it more or less. And heterosexuals are not actually. I mean, the marriage rates amongst heterosexuals oh, it's are plummeted. dropping. Well, I'm, I, so I yes, we I would imagine. Exactly, that's exactly why the government wanted us <laughs> to get married because the statistics the were rather yeah. poor. Yes, I know. And you've got to ask why heterosexuals. Why have they deserted behind? it? Well, it's almost like we want that broken toy that they've sort of left behind and d- decided they don't want to play I mean, with anymore. Surely, <laughs> after the hundreds of years of heterosexual marriage, we can see it was a failed social experiment. <laughs> So we don't need to try it again for ourselves. And as you said earlier, you know, civil partnership for all. Abolish marriage. As a feminist, I would do that tomorrow. There's no Mm. need for it. The church and the state should not have any interference in our consensual relationships at all. Equality and legal social recognition for our relationships is important. But, yeah, I don't think... Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, you know, I, I, on a personal level, I, I am with you on a lot of this, Julie, although there are people who, you know, who want marriage and who, who want that life. And so I suppose, um, you know, we, we, to some extent, if that's what makes them happy, then, yes. you know. Go ahead, but don't the believe option. the lies, people. There's still a lot to do. Okay. Well, thank you, Julie. Straight Expectations is available now from Guardian Books um, and probably in all good bookshops, I'm sure. I hope so. (laughs) She hopes so. (laughs)